Hi, welcome to Witches, Whiskey, and Wit. I'm Jason Mankey. This is my podcast. I have not done one of these shows in seven months. Our last show was at Yule, and I had every intention of picking up where I'd left off in December, booking guests, having conversations, talking about the Sabbaths, and I just found myself not in a good place. just didn't feel like doing it. Every once in a while, the magical community makes me sad, so to speak, and I just don't have the will or the desire to do more than I'm already obligated to do. And what I'm obligated to do is mostly to write books now at this point in my life and to do some events here and there that I'm contracted to. So I let the podcast slip away and people would ask me online, are you ever going to do it again? Which is really flattering. We're not a huge podcast. There are not tens of thousands of listeners. I hear people like, I've had 100,000 downloads, you know, and I we get a couple thousand downloads in our various spots. So we're not the biggest, but it's nice that there are people who listen and care about what I have to say and enjoy the conversations. One of the things about the podcast is I think it's work sometimes, and I love to talk to people. I love to talk about the craft. I love to talk about paganism. I love to talk about magic. What I don't like are scheduling guests. I hate scheduling guests, and I'm not very good at it. And it takes more time than I want it to take to schedule guests, which is another reason that we have been off the air for a while. I promise that I'll start doing things again, at least at the Sabbaths, because I love the Sabbaths. my favorite time of year. Uh, today we're having a llama spectacular. I can't promise that I'm going to go on and on for hours at a time. And you know what? I might just be reading the Witch's Wheel of the Year out loud, which was my sixth book. It is hard to keep up. Sixth book? Fifth book. Fifth book. Yeah, that was my fifth book. It's my Sabbath book. Lots of rituals, lots of histories. Also, apparently, lots of snaps. I'm drinking a scotch today called The Peat Fairy, which means it's heavy on the smoke. One of the things about COVID for the last 15 months is I think I've been drinking far too much. So if I just have The Peat Fairy, I won't take too many sips because it's pretty intense. Uh, So whatever you're doing, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're safe. I hope that your magical life is slowly returning to normal. I know if you don't follow me online so much at Instagram or on Facebook, our coven got back together, really for the first time at Beltane. Still socially distanced, you know, couldn't quite have everybody close together because most of us had not been completely vaccinated yet, me included. But we were together, we were outside, we celebrated a Sabbath. It was delightful. Midsummer was even better. We went back into our ritual room. We had a good crew of witches. I only cried four or five times. God damn do I miss ritual so much with people. I also miss being on the road. One of the things about the pandemic has been a lot of online stuff. And the online stuff's fine. I love doing other people's podcasts. I can listen to myself talk for hours. But there's something about being with people. There's something about having interactions with people, looking them in the eye, 
having conversations face-to-face -face without some sort of weird lag. And that, of course, has not happened yet for me. Uh, it's been strange being stuck, like it's a terrible place to be stuck, but being stuck in California since March of 2020 has been really alien and off-putting for me. In 2019, I was at a multitude of festivals and traveled around the country, got to meet thousands of people and talk about my book, Transformative Witchcraft, and a few others. And since then, you know, haven't been able to do that. And the online workshops are just not the same. I love hearing people laugh. I love interacting. I love that response that you get. I'll also say that going to events is invigorating. It wakes me back up. It gets me excited to write. Writing is a very lonely occupation. I don't let anybody read anything that I've written until it comes out in a book. Uh, you know, and you don't have conversations while you're writing. Even when you're writing a book with somebody else, especially in the in the course of paganism and witchcraft, you're really just writing bits. Like, I'm going to write this chapter, then you can write that chapter. They're not really collaborative projects in that, you know, here's my manuscript, add what you want to that manuscript. It's more like, you know, here's my part, here's your part, we'll put it all together. I say that right now. I am writing a book with a co-author, and that's Estrella Taylor who wrote Intuitive Witchcraft. She's terrific, a great writer. She's just a really good, no, great writer. Like her ability to string together words and phrases sentences into paragraphs etc etc is really strong and not everybody is naturally a gifted writer and she is so we're writing a book together about the greek gods which is exciting since the last show way way back in 2020 i have released another book and that's the horned god of the witches you hear that rustling that's me getting the book out and holding it in front of you so you can't see it on the podcast uh, the Horn God of the Witches certainly is a project very near and dear to my heart. And it's been really fun to watch people's reaction to this particular book. Because I've never had a book come out that people were excited about. You know, I mean, there are people who like the things that I write. And I'm not trying to downplay the things that I've written. I love what I've written. I love that people care about it and enjoy those things. But there was just a lot of excitement about this book when it came out. And that was new to me, seeing people tweet about it, seeing more people take pictures of it and put them on Instagram and Facebook and whatever else, people tweeting about the book. That was really nice, and it had never really happened to me before. Uh, so watching people's reaction to the book has been a lot of fun, and seeing people excited about the book has been a lot of fun. So I'm... I'm really pleased as punch about the book. I think it came out really well. It's certainly selling better than anything I've written so far, which isn't saying a whole lot, but it's true and I'll take it. What it means is I might be able to buy dinner for Ari sometime soon with my book sales. Writers do not get rich doing these things, despite what some people think. Anyways, The Horn God of the Witches came out in June of 2021 i hopefully one day we'll get to do a book signing for it that would be really great hopefully i get to talk about the horn god in front of people very very soon 
I know that there are a few things on the calendar in October, so slowly moving towards being able to do events again. I'll be at the Iowa City Metaphysical Expo in the end of October, the last full weekend of October before Samhain, um, like in the 20s. I don't want to click on the calendar on the computer. It just seems like too much work and too much clicking that you would have to listen to. But I'm very excited about that. That was supposed to be in 2020. And then the week before that, I'll be in Vegas at the Witches Soiree. Um, so I think Sin City Witches is the group putting it on. I don't have to do anything there other than just be Jason, which means I'll probably drink a lot of whiskey and talk to people about the craft and it'll be fun and, you know, whoosh my hair around and stuff because, you know, it's still blonde and it's still glorious, even in the midst of a pandemic. Anyway, I hope that you're doing well. Today, we're just really going to do a little bit about Lamas because Lamas, you know, is it's the current Sabbath. To me, it's always been the ugly duckling of Sabbaths. I say ugly duckling because it's the one Sabbath that people are more likely to not go to or to miss in coven situations. Certainly in open circles in our area, Lamas is always the least attended out of all those rituals. I know somebody out there saying, but Lamas is my favorite Sabbath. And you know what? I'm not saying that it's not people's favorite Sabbath. I'm just saying that overall, it's not the most popular amongst most people. You know, there are people who probably have Monday as their favorite day of the week, and that's great, but most of us don't particularly like Mondays. So it's it's that sort of thing. If you love Lamas, that's great. But, you know, for the most part, I see a lot of indifference about it. Some of it might be just because it's a little strange. It's one of those Sabbaths with two names. And... You can call Lamas, you can call it Lunasa or Lunasad, whatever you want to call it. I've always been a Lamas person because it's easier to spell and easier to pronounce. Like, no one's ever said, Jason, you're saying Lamas wrong. So I've always been a big fan of using Lamas instead of Lunasa. But if you think of Beltane and things, they don't really have extra names. You know, there's, you know, Samhain is also kind of Halloween. But there's never, like, a debate over what to call it. You know, in witch circles, it's just Samhain. We call it Samhain. But Lamas is also Lunasa. And then there are people who call it First Harvest or First Fruits. So it has a multitude of names, depending on who you're talking to. And then if you look through the materials about Lamas over the years, people celebrate it on July 31st, August 1st, and August 2nd. Which, again, is pretty different. Like, Samhain really is just the 31st. Some of that is because the first modern public witches always celebrated their Sabbaths the night before. So, Lamas was the celebration of July or August Eve on July 31st. Uh, Samhain was November Eve because you celebrate it on October 31st. So it was, there were eaves and stuff there, which is one of the reasons for the various dates. Imbolc's kind of like that, too. Some people do Imbolc on the 1st. Some people do it on the 2nd. I'm always a big fan of the 2nds. I like celebrating the Sabbaths on the 2nd day of the month because if I forget the first one, I've got a chance to make up for it. And that's probably really not true. But, you know, I just, I like the twos. Anyways, um, uh, so here's a little bit about Lamas. 
you know, as I said, I'm really just reading from the Witch's Wheel of the Year. I just felt guilty that I haven't done this podcast in so long, and I thought it would be fun uh, to try reading one of these chapters, and I hope that you enjoy it. If you've read the book, maybe this won't work for you, but if you haven't, here you go. You get some free book, and if you have read the book, you kind of get to hear me reading the book with my weird inflections and how I speak really and write coming through. So here we go. Lamas is probably the most curious of all the Sabbaths, given its various names and celebration dates. Lunasa is an ancient Irish Celtic holiday, just like Imbolc, Beltane, and Samhain. It was originally celebrated beginning at sundown on July 31st, with festivities carrying on into the following day. Because most of us don't start our days at sunset, the majority of witches celebrate the holiday on August 1st. Except for me again, I like August 2nd. Lamas is the name of an Anglo-Saxon holiday also celebrated at the start of August. It could be a borrowing of the Irish Celtic Lunasa, or it might have arisen independently. Lamas later became the name of a holiday in the Catholic Church, where it was also known by the name Loaf Mass, and was a celebration of the grain harvest and the bread that went along with it. Lamas was generally celebrated on August 1st, though some witches use the date of August 2nd, which comes from the White Goddess published in 1948 and written by the poet Robert Graves. Some witches, such as the author Silver Ravenwolf, differentiate between the two Sabbaths, with Silver giving the date of Lamas as August 2nd and Lunasa as August 7th. No matter what it's called or when it's celebrated, Lamas is undoubtedly a harvest festival. In Ireland and Scotland, it marks the beginning of the cereal grain harvest, which has always been a cause for celebration. Most modern witches celebrated in this fashion, too, regardless of where they live. Though I've never lived in an area where the majority of grain is gathered in early August, many of the Lamas rituals I've participated in over the years have involved bread. Irish mythology doesn't have much to say about Lunasa as a harvest festival, but a clue to that part of its history can be found in an alternative name once used to describe the holiday. In medieval times, Lamas was called the Gale of August, with many people believing that this meant that Lamas was the Yule of August. A more likely explanation is that this alternative name comes from Gwil Ost, the Welsh name for August 1st, with serious apologies for, for, to Christopher Hughes for getting my Welsh so wrong. The Welsh word Gwil translates as feast, meaning Lamas and Lunasa celebrations were feasts of August. Lunasa is often connected to the god Lu. They share a name, after all, and for many witches, he is a central figure in their holiday celebrations. If you read John Beckett, he makes sure that Lu is always front and center in everything that he does for Lunasa. Lu is seen by many as a solar deity, but the Irish Celtic Lunasa was never a fire festival in the way that Beltane and Samhain were. This, again, makes it a bit odd when compared to the other greater Sabbaths. In the medieval period, the celebration of Lamas coincided with the payment of rent, local elections, fairs, and the opening of public lands. Echoes of this practice can still be seen throughout North America and the British Isles in the tradition of August state and county fairs. Nearly every city I've ever lived in has had some sort of August fair, and many of them revolve around agriculture. And, of course, those carnival rides that always go around in circles and usually make me ill. For many witches, the heat of August and the various vacations that many of us take with our friends and loved ones make Lamas a challenging Sabbath to celebrate. If my coven is going to miss a Sabbath, it's generally Lamas, and that's a shame. 
It's an important spoke on the wheel of the year, and while it doesn't mark the start of autumn for many of us in the Northern Hemisphere, it does signify that seasonal change is coming soon. Here are some ways to celebrate Lamas. Lamas was originally a celebration of the harvest and bread, and both things offer a lot to build a ritual around. Many witches I know make corn dollies for Lamas. Corn dollies are generally seen as being representative of the goddess and her role as the Earth Mother. One of my favorite Lamas rituals ever really wasn't a ritual at all. It was just a bunch of us in the middle of a friend's family cornfield making corn dollies as the sun set, and it was incredible. In my personal practice today, I often honor the harvest that's going on around me instead of grain harvests hundreds and thousands of miles away. In California, early August is the end of blueberry season and the start of apple season, and I like to decorate my altars with both fruits and eat a ton of blueberries too. It's also time for fresh green beans and tomatoes and sometimes the first ears of sweet corn, though that gets better later in the season. Nearly every area has something that's harvested in early August, and no matter what it is, it's worth celebrating. Unless it's onions. I really hate onions. Metaphorical harvests are another idea to build rituals around. Perhaps the work put in at Ostara and Beltane is ready to be reaped and gathered up at Lamas. Dried wheat, available at most craft stores, can be used to symbolize the things we are bringing into our lives at this time of year. With school starting for many people in August these days, and the accompanying back-to-school sales, transitional rituals about this change are appropriate for many families and covens, especially those with college-age members. One of my coven members often bakes bread uh, during her rituals at Lamas. Bannock bread is extremely easy to produce, and baking it during ritual makes for a fun and memorable rite. If you are celebrating outdoors, it's easy to do this with a charcoal grill or a small fire. It's a little trickier if you are celebrating with a group indoors, unless you have access to a fireplace or can gather around the oven for a ritual. Lamas is the first of three holidays often associated with the idea of the sacrificial god. There are many deities that can be used for such rituals. Adonis, Tammuz, and Osiris immediately come to mind, but the most popular is not a traditional deity, but John Barleycorn, a figure from English folk songs. The story of John Barleycorn is the story of barley getting cut down and turned into beer or whiskey, though the musical versions sound far more violent than the reality of the process. The Horn God of the Witches actually has an entire ritual dedicated to John Barleycorn that can be used at Lamas or the Autumn Equinox or even Samhain if you'd so desire. I find people's, I you know, reverence for the John Barleycorn song kind of odd because I think it's funny. If you ever hear the traffic version of John Barleycorn, it's very, very serious. You know, like they're really telling the story of a man who was murdered, and it's pretty obviously about grain. I don't know why people take it so seriously. Anyways, but I digress. Beyond John Barleycorn and the sacrificial god. Solar deities are also popular at Lamas. Though the sun has begun to wane, August is often the hottest month of the year. Sun deities aren't limited to male deities either. Goddesses such as Hathor, Bast, Sol, Olwen, and Sunna are welcome reminders that our ancient ancestors saw the sun in a variety of different ways. 
Because Lamas is not about the grain harvest in many locations, it's a great opportunity to stretch one's ritual wings. I've always felt that just about any sort of ritual is acceptable at Lamas because people generally have low expectations for this Sabbath. I had a friend whose public Lamas ritual was built around the Wizard of Oz several years ago, complete with the Tin Man, Scarecrow, Wizard, and Cowardly Lion. Everyone in the ritual got to be Dorothy, experiencing Oz for the first time. I got to play the Cowardly Lion and was only chosen for that part because my hair reminded my friend Angus of a lion. Unconventional Lamas rituals extend beyond book and movie adaptations. The ritual itself could be held in an unconventional spot. How about a ritual in a pool on a hot August day? Or a coven trip to the local county fair? Rituals and witch activities don't necessarily have to be done inside the standard magical circle. With some of the public groups I've been a part of over the years, I've often used Lamas as an opportunity to expose people to Druid-style rites, along with those of other pagan groups outside the world of witchcraft. The Sabbaths are a gift and not a requirement. Celebrate in a way that works best for you and those you share your ritual space with. Lamas may be sort of an outlier, but it remains our outlier and still has a lot to offer. No matter what you do and how you do it, I hope that you have a really great Lamas. We're going to do Coven Ritual tomorrow. And to be honest, I haven't even really decided what we're going to do yet. One of the things about Lamas is we don't have wheat and cornfields so much in California, especially in the Bay Area where we live. And they grow a lot of stuff in the greater Bay Area, but it's not that. And celebrating bread because of that has always felt a little weird for me. I think instead we'll probably just celebrate blueberries. Those are definitely my favorite, and they're full of antioxidants and are very, very good for you. Anyways, um, that's it. It's a, it's a little tiny brief version of Whiskey, Witches, and Wit. And it's been kind of dishonest because there's only one witch here. There are no witches unless you count yourself as a listener as part of the show, and I hope that you do. So maybe there's two. There is whiskey, though I have not even taken a sip of this peat monster yet. Let's go. Not bad. Very smoky. My sinuses are definitely open now, which is good. And I'm not even sure that there's been a ton of wit. Mostly just catching you up on my life for those of you who like to listen to my strange nasal voice. Anyway, I hope that you're doing well. I hope to see you again or let you hear me again, at least at uh, the Autumn Equinox, if not before. If you're a listener and you really like the show and you want me to do more, let me know because peer pressure does do a lot for me. I am very susceptible to it. Uh, So thanks for listening and I will see you online.